Hello, this is the first piece. It's called Window Shopping by me, Michael Casey. While the cold has got me, so I'm all bunged up and drinking gallons of hot drinks, the kettle is whistling, so wait a sec. Ah, that's better. Another hot coffee, then I'll switch to hot blackcurrant. Why did coals come at Christmas? They are as predictable as carol singers. I only ever tried carol singing once as a child. That's another memory that's just respect to me. Rosie told me that she believed that if you look in a toy shop window, you could see all the toys, but at night, when you were not there, they all come to life. She was a child at the time, but I hope she still keeps that memory all her life and remembers it often. My kids still believe in Santa, as do I. I go for fittings for his new costume at Slater's every Christmas, and then Santa comes along for the final fitting. We have the same size, you see. You could say I'm his body double, just like in the films. But back to Slater's. Now, they only have a small shop window downstairs, but then when you get a, a lift upstairs, it's like an Aladdin's cave, or a TARDIS even. But speaking of shop windows and window shopping, there are many ways to window shop. The real world, one can be tiring trudging around the shops, especially have you, if you have a young and fashionable wife, as I do. So I soon realised the best way was to let her go on her own, lie at peace and quiet, feet up watching the telly. Then once the kids arrived, she took the kids and I still had my peace and quiet. The perfect solution, especially as I paid the bill. <laughs> I'm laughing there. Now, young girls become very fashion conscious, so that they were the perfect mirror to say, Mum, this is good or this is bad. I'm sure Shanghai husbands' boyfriends agree with me. Perhaps there should be a club for Shanghai husbands' boyfriends. Me, I look in two shop windows and know they don't have my size, and then I head straight for Slater's. Sometimes with the family in tow, then it's like lighting. Flash, bang, wallop, I've got all I need. That's me done for a year or two. I do like looking in watch shop windows. Watches are a weakness of mine. Why are men's watches so huge nowadays? It's like having an alarm clock strapped to your wrist. I tend to go for the elegant ones, or elegant in my opinion. The ones with multi-dials and buttons to press are a right turn-off, in my opinion. Oris watches are nice, as at Omega. Yes, I do dream of having one of those when I win the lottery or finally sell some books. Amazon Kindle, folks. My first watch was for passing the 11 plus. It's all in the watch and me, an essay, which is on my site, michaelgcasey.wordpress.com. And if it's not there, it'll be in the books. Now, we are all in a technological world. We have windows on the world via our TV and our computer. I was telling my girls earlier today that we only had two, or was it three, TV channels when I was their age. They could not believe it. So what do you do with, with our TV and computer eyes? We window shop. Obviously, I look at what windows. I look at watches and dream of automatic or Oris and how nice it would be. So I, I trawled the, uh, the watch website. Sad hobby, but it's true. I have maybe 20 years... I have maybe 20 watches these past 20 years because I'm forever carrying heavy boxes of paper, opening doors and banging the watches. I was a computer operator and a concierge and a print review person. Anyway, once one of my watches steamed up and the glass front fell off. So what could I do? I loved the watch. I super glued the glass back on. Only I also glued the hour and the minute hands together. Okay, silly but true. What else do I sh do I window shop? Well, 
when I saw a new winter coat, I look in the win I look in the websites and see do they have XXL or 2XXL or what's called in nowadays. I'm 2XL to be honest. Window shopping on the web allows me to see what's available, the designs and so forth, all from the comfort of my own home. So <coughs> as you've seen from the photos on my website, this is what I look like. The government encouraged this web this window shopping <coughs> and finally going out to buy stuff because they get tax so every time we shop they get money so it keeps the government happy and smiling and finally when we do leave our homes and we actually buy stuff we have a beer and a meal again keeps the, the economy going we all look online so we can book a holiday some look for love sex see romance and then we go out and book the holidays online is our eyes nobody will believe how old-fashioned the world used to be my grandchildren if I have any won't believe the internet was invented. It's as ordinary as trees growing in the back garden. It's always been there. Trees are always in the back garden. They've always been there. Just like the internet. In future, there will be guided tours explaining how to window shop, about how to hold hands in the rain, about blokes standing in doorways talking about Manchester United while they, their wives and girlfriends try on stuff for the hundredth time. Window shopping is part of world culture. It's the third oldest occupation in the world. After sex and stories comes window shopping. Number three, I know your face. Somebody said he knew my face today. He was looking at a photo of me on my site. But 100,000 people know my face. I used to work at Forster Hotel for, for three years. So that many guests must have seen me. So 100,000 people do know my face. I have brothers and cousins, so I suppose my face could look familiar. My hair is distinctive. It went white, silver, if you're generous to me. It went silver 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago is a long time. Now I'm called Grandad on the school run. In, in songs, a face changes things. When I saw her face, the monkey sang. I was small when the show was on TV. Take that look off your face, another song sings. For the Chinese, it's about not losing face. Saving face is important. Putting a face to a name is what we say when we meet, meet after just a phone or email contact. Faces are important. We can see each other. We can see each other's reactions, the look of love, or the sneer of contempt. Fear written on the face. Tired and worn out. Sad eyes. Pained eyes. All of this on a face. But what about a mother's face? Love is written all over it kindness and compassion and laughter. My wife took my mother's photo to Shanghai to introduce her to my family. My mother had died a few years previously, but the photo showed them the depths of love, the oceans of love, all of this from a smile on her face. A face is a door to the soul, a way to the heart, a sign showing just how much spirit of love is inside in that person. A face is a roadmap for love. So always be open. A hard or caring, hard look is self-defeating. I'm strong. Leave the face pulling alone. Leave it to heavyweight boxers. Be yourself. Have your own face. Me, I hope I have a ready smile, a warm look, just as it was given for me by my parents and my, by, by my heritage. His face reminds me of Sansa. Now that is a face worth keeping. Smile, everyone. Now, writing is a strange thing. Why do you do it? Is it for your ego? Is it for money? Is it for love? Or is it 
you just do it because you do it it's part of you I think the answer is because it's part of you it's like breathing it's like eating it's something that you have to do sometimes people wish you didn't do it but you do it anyway because it's part of you now how do you get an ID for a story they kind of come to you you look out the window you see a man on a bicycle with a mirror under his arm going one way later on you see a, the same man on a bicycle with another object under his arm going another way that's how I got the idea for the bicycle removal firm because somebody was removing house but using a, a bicycle to carry his things with him and this went on all day and finally when the daughters came home from school I told them you wouldn't believe us I saw a man with on a bicycle moving house as dad you're telling lies but lo and behold the man appeared again and he was carrying something else so that's how I got the story the bicycle removal man it's it's one of the many stories available in my books of blogs on Amazon Kindle so do buy some hello this is another piece I'm going to talk about speakers there's many kinds of speakers there's the speakers on your hi-fi speakers on your computer in front of me all forms when you're speaking you have to be clear or try to be clear and it helps if you got the right equipment and it, it helps even more if you know how to fix the right equipment so what have I just fixed I'll press the button and hopefully there'll be no more in the background now this is important because I'm trying to impress people with my writing and if I can read it out loud and then impress them you never know I could be on the radio now <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing I do not know well let's see if this works I'm gonna press the stop button now cooking for the kids microwaved eggs the wife isn't around I've been told to feed the kids so what do I do I do the same as any man would do I use the microwave now how do I use it easy I crack a couple of eggs I throw them in a bowl I mix the, the eggs in the bowl throw a bit of butter with at it a tiny bit of milk too stir well and then you just throw the bowl in the microwave about two minutes now the secret of cooking is that everything's ready at the same time you just watch it so while the eggs are being microwaved and scrambled you throw some toast up onto the toaster making sure you don't burn it and remembering to turn it over because the kids like both sided toast so when it's ready the toast finishes at the same time as the eggs that's the secret of cooking however microwave eggs need to be stirred in the middle otherwise they go hard so halfway through you stir them so then after about two minutes having stirred in the middle the eggs are ready the toast is ready instant meal instantly you're a perfect father a perfect father so when the wife comes home she says children were you fed yes daddy gave us scrambled eggs on toast it was lovely mum can we have it always then the wife looks disappointed why because she's a Shanghai girl and Shanghai girls cook Shanghai food my kids eat Chinese food all the time so for them boring food scrambled eggs is a treat believe it or not so with that thought I'll leave you Do what you like, but do your best. That's the advice I was given by my dad. It was the time to choose your subjects for the O-levels. GCSEs, baccalaureate, whatever you want to call it.
and I, th I just asked my dad what should I do. But my dad's reply was, Michael, do what you like, but do your best. <coughs> and yes, really, my dad really did speak that deeply. So I picked my subjects, and I did okay, did good. So that was his advice. So why do we ask for advice? Because we're insecure, or because we respect somebody else's opinion more than our own? Because we're afraid? Is, it, is advice like a hand that we hold as we go off on some adventure to do something? Advice is a safety belt. Advice is a life belt. Advice is more opinion, so you can make your own opinion. So the so my advice to you is the same as my dad gave to me. Do what you like, but do your best. Don't pretend that you're fantastic when you're not. Don't pretend you're rubbish when you're not. Just do what you like, but do your best. And then you can surprise yourself. Now, me, I've written six books now. The first book I wrote in the room behind me. I balanced a typewriter on top of a stool. I sat on an old barn chair with a, br a broken back right in front of the gas fire because it was freezing. So, and that's how I wrote my first book. And now six books on. I'm using the computer, I'm emailing them to myself, I'm securing them, I'm putting them on a website, uh, I'm selling them on, on Amazon Kindle. All from a, from a humble start. And all began because I did what I liked, but I did my best. Dead and the Living by Michael Casey. I first saw a deceased when I was nine years old. My father said not to worry, as the dead are the same as the living. Only the laughter has left them, the sparkle has gone from their eyes, the worry has been lifted from their shoulders, and their voice has vanished to eternity. In paradise the sparkle will return, for it is the twinkle of the stars. The laughter will return too, for it is the morning breeze, and the turning tides at their sides shaking with laughter. I treat the deceased with the same courtesy as I give to the living, though I find the deceased always more polite. My father also had a few words to say about the living. He said that the living are only the caretakers of the soul, yet they think that their existence is everything, that they know everything because they experience many things with their senses. What the living don't acknowledge is that their time is short, and when I lay their bodies to rest, then their, their souls continue without them, without their strong, without their weak, without their beautiful or even ugly temporary form, to where I cannot say, only that it is a better place. Percy, the undertaker, placed the lid on the coffin. The soul was three. The beginning. Number four, counting money. Counting money. The king was in his counting house, accounting out his money. When down came a blackbird. We all remember this from school days. Days getting further away all the time. We all know how to save the pennies. Save the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. Make ends meet. What does that mean? Touching your toes, perhaps? Scrimp and save. Things are tight. Does that mean you are fat or lack of money? We all learn about money when we are small. We remember the sound of loose chains in our dad's pocket. We were getting a treat because dad was getting the money out. We could hear the sound and we were happy. I'm old enough to remember real money. Pounds, shillings and pence money. It was 12 pennies to the shilling and 20 shillings to the pound. And horses were sold in guineas. If I can remember how to spell guineas. Our money confused my American cousins, but it was fun explaining it to them. A halfpenny, a penny, a threepenny bit, a sixpence, a shilling, a florin, a 
half crown. Crowns are never sore. An orange ten shilling note and then pound note and then other notes which I never get to see because I was too small. Explain all that to a foreigner and they totally lost. Going to the moon was easy to understand. I'm old enough to remember the joy of the Apollo landings. We were the world. Everything was so exciting. Apollo and Alley, not to mention details and real money. A penny was made of copper and so was the halfpenny. The threepenny bit was a six-sided coin with a portcullis design on, the, on it. It went green with age. The sixpenny piece was very slim, slimmer than today's five new pence. The shilling was thicker and perhaps bigger than today's ten pence. It was real money and the sweets it bought were so much better than today's sweets, or so it seemed. We knew that money <coughs> we knew about money because we had lodgers and they came to the back door to pay the rent, sometimes barely able to stand up. Smoke and beer belched over us kids. Are you alright, Mrs Casey? as they leant on the lintel for support, staggering away to the pub again. The gas and electric meters had to be emptied and the money counted. We had a copper coloured metal jug which had the keys to for the locks on the meters inside it. When Dad ha had it, we knew he'd be counting soon. He emptied the money on the kitchen table and started counting piles of coins, shillings and florins. Dad was like a casino croupier, counting and stacking the coins. Then he'd, when he'd finished, he put the coins in little plastic bags and after that into a small leather bag. This was his lunch bag for work at the foundry. But when the gas or electric bills came, it was the bag for the money. I was charged with walking down to the corner shop. There I'd present the money to Mr Singh, who wouldn't even weigh it. He just threw it into his safe and peel off the, the money in very large he'd peel off the money from his very large wad at the back of his pocket. Smiling would say I could bear eyes, both happy with an exchange. Who needs a bank? He had a corner shop. There are more stories to tell, but I'll leave those for another day. TTFN Michael.